This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 86, with guest Melissa Avila. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Savorova, and welcome to my conversation recorded from the center of Mexico City. What a special moment and a dream come true to take Women Authors of Achievement podcast and for me to interview amazing women from a totally different country. This is my first time doing it, and I'm grateful for Mexico City to be the starting point for this adventure. Melissa Aviva is a multidisciplinary artist born and raised in the vibrant city of Tijuana, Mexico. Today, she's a founder of MA Studio, and she calls Mexico City her home. MA Studio is not just a studio, it's a movement. It's a passionate endeavor dedicated to promoting the preservation of artisanal craftsmanship. The mission is to expand the realms of creativity and get inspiration from traditions, local wisdom, building the common ground between personal and collaborative efforts. Today, we embark on a captivating journey with Melissa as she shares her story, her vision, and the incredible impact she's making in Mexico. Huge thank you to Caroline Forrester and Anne-Catherine Sotz from The White Label Project for connecting me to the most amazing women of Mexico City. Melissa, you know, I must start the episode with this word specifically because I've been doing the podcast for now almost three years and mostly it's been in Berlin in the studio and sitting here with you, you make my dream come true because, <laughs> you know, I always was wondering about taking the studio, taking the show on the go and meeting incredible women outside of Berlin and being here in Mexico City, sitting with you here in the heart of Mexico, I think we're in the central, near the center, right? Yes. City center. Yes, very. And recording this, you know, conversation, getting to know your story it almost feels like a very first episode I ever recorded. <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous. It's in the setup. It's exciting and totally a dream come true. So can you tell me, Melissa, like you mentioned you're originally from Tijuana, uh, Mexico, right? Well, and first of all, thanks for <laughs> thinking about me and to, for coming to the studio. And I'm really happy that we finally met each other. And I have to reach out, uh, like uh, do a shout out also to the white label project because they uh, did this introduction and they recommended so those um, two are amazing yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> so they, i know they were looking forward to this episode as well so you're originally from tijuana mexico uh, what brought you to mexico city yes i am from tijuana i left tijuana when i was 18 years old and i went to cholula puebla like to study fine arts in the university and then I lived in South America and also New York. And curiously, when I was living in New York, I was freelancing and working a lot for people or projects here in Mexico City. So at some point, like it, I don't know, like it made sense for me to move here. And when I arrived to Mexico City, it was 2012. And I thought I was going to stay just for one or two years. And this is my 10th. <laughs> <laughs> so it kept you here. I, I heard that Mexico City has this ability to keep people here. I mean, so, look at me. I'm planning to do a little trip somewhere else. And I cannot leave the city. <laughs> yes, Mexico is amazing. It's very magical and very vast and very interesting country. See. Absolutely. Every day, the more I'm here, the more I'm exploring it. And tell me, how did you find yourself interested in local Mexican artisanal work, traditional crafts, practices? Because you were an artist yourself, you studied it, but what really got you interested into 
what other people do locally, what, what are the local traditions. I studied fine arts and I have always been familiar with the handmade processes and the techniques. Unfortunately, growing up in Tijuana, well, it's a border city. You don't grow up uh, close to these matters. However, I started to go deeper into it because of a personal work that I did with a Mazatec curandera, which is like an indigenous healer, Mexican healer. And because of that, I started traveling a lot to Oaxaca and to San Mateo de los Ochitlan, which mm -hmm. was the community where this healer used to live. She already passed away. I found myself there because we started a project. And in this project, I was invited as a photographer. The project had to do with psychology, with traditions, with the um, preservation of these traditions because these knowledges are also getting lost. One of the conditions to be part of the project was to start a personal process, a personal work with me. So it was, a, it was a process of four years. <laughs> a lot of things happened. Of course, at the first sessions, you are like experimenting and seeing and healing things that are very personal you know, with your life, with your, your mission in this life, for an example. But then the process, it's like making like a camino, no? You, you, it's like a path. A path, yeah. So at the beginning, it was more about me. Yeah. It was more about my processes, my life, the things that had to do with myself, mm -hmm. you know, um, the, with my mission, with what I was going through at that moment. But then as, at some point that started to change. So I started to go deeper in the messages that the master plans gave me. When you work with master plants, which is something that I have grown with, with that tradition since I was little, I respect a lot the, the work with plants. You don't know what's going to happen. But at the end, what happens is that you get to know you more. You mm -hmm. get to know yourself better. And you realize and have the capacity to see beyond it's beautiful how you explain it. And now I'm in Mexico City for one week. And a lot of people I meet, they tell me about, you know, like spiritual ways they connect with nature and something from the ancestors they know. And they're like a common knowledge of healing yourself or connecting with certain cycles of the year. Is this common here that people of Mexico or Mexico City they are regularly know how to check in with themselves and how to connect with those more like spiritual side. Well, it's cultural. It's something that has been going on since always. Yes. I think it's more common than, of course, in Europe. In Latin America, it's common. These traditions are common in, yeah, like in Colombia, you know, in Costa Rica, Peru. It's beautiful. It depends it's, of your it's, family, but it's cultural heritage. And it's like this knowledge is similar to crafts and it's similar to native languages. So it's something that we need to protect, that we need to promote, that we need to be able not to forget <laughs> and also be careful of how you do it. 
Absolutely. where you do it, when you do it. It's a matter of being very respectful. With that saying, I mean, what you said, it's a heritage and there's, it's a common knowledge and something that's culturally here since the indigenous right people have been living on these lands throughout North America and South America. But there's something you did mention that there is a, this uh, local craftsmanship, the languages and those ways are disappearing. But that's kind of what surprises me. Like, why are they disappearing when you were just saying that this is part of the culture here? It's a complex question because, for an example, I'm going to say a, an example with native language. Like you can see the generations of the grandparents, everyone speaks the indigenous and the native language and they don't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. And there are the daughters and the sons of this generation that started not wanting to speak only indigenous. It's something about also looking for better opportunities. So some of them started to speak in, in Spanish, but they still have the knowledge of the native languages because they need to, they keep talking and they keep communicating, communicating with the, with the, with, families, with the yeah. family. But then there's the other generation, which is the young people that grew up speaking more Spanish mm -hmm. than, I don't know, Mayan or, or Mazatec or Nahuatl. And then it started to get lost. That example is the same with crafts. It's like the grandparents inherited the knowledge from generations and they were only work with these artisanal techniques for all of their lives. And then these daughters and these sons of these grandparents are like trying to find different opportunities mm -hmm. or better opportunities. And I'm not mentioning globalization. I'm not mentioning the rhythm of how the world operates right mm -hmm. now, no, yeah. and the demands, the ahora of now, yeah. now exactly. And I mean, right now you you are the founder of MA Studio, and right now we're sitting in the studio. And I am like, if I look around, I'm surrounded by beautiful carpets with the ornaments and two snakes. I see also beautiful vases that has some local motives, a mask of a jaguar, a couple of baskets, textiles. And what are all those things and why we see it here at MA Studio? Well, MA is a Mexican studio that was born inspired by traditions, local knowledge and artisanal techniques. It combines also artistic creations, craft practices and traits. You know, like Mexican traits, we say oficios. Mm -hmm. you know? And MA basically seeks to celebrate, promote, and preserve collaborative work, craftsmanship, and local knowledge through the creation of unique and handmade pieces. Some of them are more like inclined to art pieces and others are more to design or to decoration or to interiors. Mm -hmm. So everything I see here just to understand how it works. It comes from the, those local indigenous communities. And is this something that they create and then you then distribute it or you co-create it together? No, we co-create it together in MA. Well, MA, it's like a space where 
everyone that's part of it, we feel the the studio like an open space for us to create, to work together. How it functions is that in MA, we have like permanent persons and families who are the base, base of the project, but we also collaborate with different artisans and new people all the time. What we usually do is like we try to to include a new community or a new technique every year. And what we do is that we work according to our abilities, like our own capacities. So everything that you see here are mostly the signs that I did that we work together. When I first started traveling to the communities, something that I realized was that it was very important and it was very beautiful to have all these cultural heritage. But at the same point, I saw a lot of difficulties, a lot of competition between people of the same communities because they all have the necessity now to have a, a, an economic income, but also everyone is making the same designs, which that is tremendous and it's it has like a very important value for the culture and this cultural heritage. But at the same time, you are having a lack of opportunities. So you are competing, for an example, with members of your own family or with your friends because everyone was doing the same. So one of the, the aims of MA was to yeah, was to make a, like a, a new opportunity to mm -hmm. have a social and economic income or opportunities to make something different, no? And also to be able to keep continuing the flow of the social economy of every community. Making it ongoing. So, so ongoing, it's, exactly. Yes. Interesting. So on the one hand, in what you said, that there was something that was very important to Mexican culture started to disappear or there's over generations disappearing and your decision was to start MA Studio to capture those crafts, this knowledge, those people who are creating something of substance and not only help capture it but also create together with them that it's relevant and it's still local, it's still original but it's also relevant to today and to what people would want to buy from them. Yes, but the artisanal technique is not getting lost because we keep working it. Here in MA, we also keep like supporting our friends and artisans, collaborators to keep doing the autochthonous designs, the original designs for the community. That's yeah. something that we also support because mm -hmm. we don't want to that to lose, no? We would find it very important also. But it's a way of saying, like finding a new, a different balance. And uh, you also mentioned that there is um, a program you have on the side which helps to educate the younger people and connect them, local artisanals. Like, how do you do that? What is happening with the artisanal techniques is the same thing that happens with native languages, as we were saying, like little by little, they have been lost or forgotten. What we have done on many occasions is to share with the young people of the communities 
inviting them to remember the value of these traits, to collaborate in projects, to reinforce these traditions, and above all, to look for creative ways to focus on entrepreneurial activities that excite them. All the artisans teach their children because their knowledge, because it's part of their life. It's part of the of being an, an artisan. You you share your knowledge with your family, and that keeps continuing through through generations. Mm -hmm. No, it's part of their life. And what makes a difference is the if the children really want to continue. And many times, what I have seen has more to do with a question of opportunities, with innovation in product design, and of course with a lack of tools to promote their work or to find like better opportunities for making sales. And if you could give an example, you know, a lot of the listeners are based in Berlin. Many, of course, uh, travel a lot. And I'm sure there's also Mexican or who have Mexican origins. When you think about Mexican artisanry, like those craftsmanship, how does it look like? What are those materials, products? Can you give a couple of examples? It's very, 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 it's a long list. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe your favorites. We love working with them, of course. There are so many that we haven't worked with it with them yet. But it's cotton, it's wool, it's palm, and again, of course, clay. We have different types of clay. We have red clay, black clay. You see a couple of What's yes. there? Also, embroidery. We work in one community that it's in Chiapas. And it's amazing because one of their traditions is that if you were born a woman, as soon as you turn five, you start learning how to, to make oh. embroidery. Oh, wow. At five yes. already. And some, that's something very rich, no? Of the, also of this work. Like... In every town, or there are different communities, and every community is specialized in one type of craft. They have different traditions around the the way of how they live, how they work, how they see their their own artisanal work. And sometimes, for an example, there are communities that are like 20 minutes or 30 minutes from each other, and they never collaborate. They never... Like work, they together. work together, work. even speak, no? That's unfortunate. Exactly. And that's also something that we really like to, we really like to do, to function as a team where we can also collaborate between communities, no? mm. not also me as an artist or as a designer or founder with artisanal communities, but also the same communities. They work together with exactly, each other. Exactly. For an example, well, here you can see this hat. Mm -hmm. This was, it's a hand-woven hat in Palm, mm -hmm. in Huajuapan, Oaxaca. Mm -hmm. But then the embroidery, it's from Chiapas, from this community I'm, I'm telling you about. So sometimes... They don't see each other if they are in different states and we are not able you know, to make this encounter. But we try to use the digital <laughs> ways to communicate. So they are able to speak together, to see the designs, to also are involved in the creative process. It's not like I 
go and I tell them what to do. It's like, I, of course, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. Or some customers are asking for something in particular. Mm -hmm. We have projects. You have also particular projects and customer having an idea and you help that to envision that. Wow. Yes, as well. of course. Something that we're doing, that we're launching this year, is that, I mean, since we work, ev everything that is handmade and artisanal, that we love to custom. You know, we love to custom. Also, it has to do with this importance of not making and making and making only for making and, and having lots of things here at the studio. Like, we like to custom pieces according to what you need, no? to your dimensions, your design, your, your budget. So, yes. Only in Mexico or globally? Uh, what do you mean? Like, if you have requests for custom designs or some custom work, do you only work with those clients based in Mexico? No, no, we work internationally. Internationally. Yes, we work internationally. Like we are, we are open to everything that it's collaborative. We, we love to collaborate. No? That's amazing. Yeah. So in, in, yeah, like, it's like imagining branches in a, in a tree. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no? So one branch of, of our tree is that the signs that we make, that we create, that are part of our creative processes, that we are experimenting also. But another branch is the custom and the personalized designs, no? Mm -hmm. And this year we're launching our manufacturing workshop, where basically what we want is to function as suppliers for stores or artists or designers in order to create more stable like economic incomes and continue workflows, workflows and of course continue to strengthen the, the craft sector. And all of these without losing our work or anything that we had been doing, but rather like contributing to what we have already built and also to facilitating collaborations and ensuring good practices with the communities. I have a quote here from you where you said, artisans are guardians of, of beautiful and priceless treasures. You know, mm -hmm. when, you, when you say that, there's just something so special. And as you said, that there's a... As guardians, they protected, they continue that knowledge. And as you mentioned, it's an honor for you, for MA Studio to work alongside them. But I also can imagine, so people, what's the best way for people, international people, to support local Mexican creators, craftsmanship, artisanal works? Like, what's the best way for them to make the right impact and, you know, have a wonderful exchange of a beautiful product or material and at the same time economically support those local families and communities? We can support them in lots of ways. Of course, if you buy from the communities directly, if you buy from projects or studios like us that works based on good practices mm -hmm. and fair trade and you can see it's, it's very easy to see which projects are like aligned you know, with, with this consciousness of what am I buying, where does this come from, how it was made, who was behind it. Like you can see it that easily. I mean, you can also help us like inviting us you know, to sharing our work, like in your social media, like you can participate in, in so many ways. For sure. And what, in your personal view, what's ahead for Mexico when it comes to local craftsmanship? What's the future? Is it bright? Is it 
start? I think it's a bright future, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> there are a lot of, a okay. lot of projects like, like okay. Jumei here in Mexico, which is very, it's very good for the craft sector. What is important is to, to see which ones have like good practices mm -hmm. or to buy directly from the artists. Like for an example, what I can tell you, I believe that the future is bright for craftsmanship because it has been taking more like prominence and I feel that new opportunities are emerging for the sector. But on the other hand, I can also say that there are techniques and traditions that are being lost as the years go by. And at the end, I feel that there is a lot of work to be done so that the artisan groups are like more capable and more close to opportunities for growth and for sale and mm -hmm. to have these stable incomes with their work. Last year, I was invited to this. It's a laboratory that it's from Ensemble Artesano. I was invited as a mentor and I work with two different communities. And something that it was very interesting for me was that in one community, the group which one I was working, they were very interesting in getting to know more about collaborative design, about innovation, about how to develop their own designs or their own products. And it was very interesting because they were excited about it. So it was a, a community that works with Palm. So what we did is that we, we made this workshop where everyone draw and design or imagine like mm -hmm. new products. And we make like a collage, like a mix of these sketches to make the final pieces that are going to be published and launched oh, this wow. year. But it was very interesting to see how it's for some artisans very important to, yeah, like to grow, to be more into innovation and into learning digital tools of how to sell their work, to get them so you can people get to know them. It's important. And at the, in the other hand, the other community that I was like mentoring, it was interesting. But they say to me at what point? We don't want to learn about innovation and, and new ways of doing. We just want to send us their designs and, and we, we whip them and that's it. So it's very... Also fair enough. No, of course, it's but it's, it's very... Different. There's not a recipe. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. there's never a recipe of how to work with communities. There's never a recipe of how you, I don't know, see it. It would never be something in general. It always has to be very... Personalized and personalized, how you work with particular. them. Yeah. For an example, that also happens here at the May Studio. Like we work in different communities in different states and different communities in, in different states. But each agreement, <laughs> it's different. With every artisan, with every family, with every group. So you always have to be open to communication. You always have to be open to not to forget that it needs to work. Two-way, right? Both sides. And also something that, that it gets to my mind right now what I, while I'm saying this is it's something about what we like also to personalize our pieces because we also want it to be fair 
in a 360 way, mm-hmm. no? also for our customers. So that's why we also create according to your budget, according to, to your dimensions, according to what you're imagining. This is beautiful. Like, thank you for explaining this. As you said, there's just so much effort. And the more you work with creators and people that have that local knowledge, you can't standardize it. You have to have work with them personally. And Melissa, question I had for you. I mean, f- what does it mean for you as a, as a female artist and as a founder to be here in Mexico? Like, do you have the right support? Is it easy for you? Is it difficult? Like, what does it mean to be a female artist and founder in Mexico? Well, I think that it is more and more valued and it, that it's gaining more strength to be a woman creator or founder, having your own... For your own venture, maybe. Exactly. I think it's interesting and I think it's getting better every time. I've also, for an example, have experienced something that when we started, it didn't happen. Like right now, this is the sixth year of MA Studio and we are more in communication with another woman that have their own projects or their own business. Business. Yes, like mm-hmm. businesses. And something that it was very nice from last year, for an example, was that we created a chat and we are in communication like for every matter. Like if someone has a doubt, like if you want to send to internationally, we're, I don't know, like oh, yeah, yeah. someone to like all the kind tips of questions. Long. So what I see in that is that we as women are also supporting another woman. Like it's like if we are walking together. That's it doesn't matter here. what's your business or your discipline. Like it doesn't matter. Like less competition, more collaboration. Exactly. exactly. That's very good to exactly. see. Was it different before? It was not difficult, but probably it wasn't as present mm-hmm. as it is today. How is it for you with the motherhood? Because you mentioned a couple of things that the way you position or relate to the world and, and your work has also changed with motherhood and things have become different for you. How come? <laughs> what was it specifically? And it's uh, lovely today we'll have your daughter part of the recording studio and I think, she, and I think she's doing really well and uh, very quiet in the background. So, <laughs> Well, I think that motherhood in general makes you grow up a lot. And your perspectives, as everything you are, change no, or, or take other routes. In my case, I no longer forget what are the priorities in my life as a woman, as a mother, and as a part of the studio, no, like as founder of, of MA, and as a head no, of, the, of our team. I choose my battles no, <laughs> better, and I have learned a lot to manage my time. But that is a lesson that I learned also in the communities. I started learning that lesson in the communities. The way the time is in the communities, it's totally different than in the city. So I started thinking and I started seeing and having this time concept more impressive when I started. How different it is? Well, it's slow. (laughs) (laughs) It's very slow. It's um, in a way more respectful to the cycles, no, to the seasons, 
nature, it takes time. Like you're not in a hurry all the time. You're not hustling. It makes you be more present. Absolutely. You know, that's what I felt a lot in being here in Mexico and taking a couple of tours, learning about the history, like deep diving into everything. And there's something I was learning about the local indigenous community, the calendars, agricultural calendar, the yes. moon calendar, the importance of equinox. And it is fascinating because every of that moment that you connect with the sky, with those lunar calendars, you're supposed to do particular things during those times and not the other things. Because if you do other things, you might not feel well or it's not going to work out or is it for bad luck. And I think that's something we forget oftentimes living in big cities or also in the cities where we don't have such a you know, spiritual connection to nature. We tend to work against those cycles. And then we ask ourselves, why are we so, we have lack of energy, we're fatigued, we're unsatisfied. And I think there's a wisdom in that local, and we talked to, you know, in this episode, we talk about artisanal and craftsmanship, but there's also that local wisdom of that connection to nature to the life cycles and if you want to be here and make an impact and be here for the long run you need to work with nature and not against it because you will lose yes and for me i feel like in the moment i will leave mexico this will be one of the things that i want to bring back into my life as i go back to berlin and in this hurry this hustle this let me just do it and try to connect more understanding how does the world the bigger world, not just my small world, but the bigger world over my head, how does it actually function and how do I function together in respect to it? Totally. For an example, in, in our production process, there's always time for everything. For an example, when we try to make firings of the clay in the summer, where we have a lot of rain, well, it's almost impossible. So we have to organize all of the workflow all of our times according to the seasons, according mm. where, where, when is the perfect time to make the productions, no? And yes, it's a, it's a matter of understanding the cycles. It's a matter of, as you just say, like these traditions and these artisanal techniques are, they go hand in hand with nature and with the cycles. And yes, since I become a mother, I... That's something that I learned, no? how to balance my cycles, how to balance these cycles with myself, with my daughter, with my team. And it's different how you see the world before and after. There is another consciousness. Something wild and something very primitive emerges mm -hmm. you know, in you and it transforms you little by little. And in our team, there are men also, but Emma is full of women, family women with lots of children. It's part of our daily life also, yeah. motherhood. Yes. <laughs> love it, love it. What is really ahead for you for this year, for you personally, Melissa, and for the studio? I will love the studio to continue growing. I want that the projects that we are going to be in this year resonate with what all we are seeking mm -hmm. uh, in any environment, personal work, family, collectively. As every year we want to go and to collaborate with new artisans, with new techniques. It's a busy year. 
The last question I always ask my guests at the end, it's something that has been very consistent, Melissa, across all the episodes that have been launched and all the 84 episodes so far. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's about collaboration, giving the highlight. And I would be very curious to hear who would you like to highlight in today's episode as your woman author of achievement, as a woman you think is fascinating, you look up to, or is just someone you learn from, who comes to your mind? You know, I'm very inspired in the in the female artists of whom I work with. That's fair. No, and I would like to make it more close to my experience. And I would say that for me, a role model as a woman is this, all these women know, from the every day in life that work, that work the field also, that are present for their families and that are interested in getting to know themselves more. That's a perfect answer. That's, <laughs> I, I, I want to say that. Yes, because that's also, I think uh, a lot of guests also give that answer. It's the women who they work with or surround them. And I think that's a fair answer as well. And for me, it's like, I'm going to say it in Spanish and then in English. Para mí, es más cercano en mi experiencia las mujeres que están cerca de mí, de las cuales yo me inspiro y realmente aprendo y realmente con las cuales voy trabajando, las que me van marcando. O sea, creo que para mí esas mujeres es como si yo fuera un pedacito de cada una de ellas. Y, y siento que es, pues sí, como más valioso nombrar algo tan, que es como tan común y tan cercano que alguna como mujer famosa que sí, que sin duda respetamos y valoramos su, su trabajo. Ok. <laughs> I believe that when someone comes into your life and make like a mark in yours, something grows, something transformed. It's like being pieces of the woman that I know. And I don't want to name someone that it's not close to me. It doesn't mean I don't respect a lot of women. Of course, that we are also very inspired now of, of women. But it's more about someone who is step by step or piece by piece bringing something into your because life. Because it changed you. Those women and those links, those relations, they're important. That's beautifully said. And I love <laughs> how you said it in Spanish. I almost, I almost understood 70% of it. So let's hope everyone's Spanish is as good as, or better than mine. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for being on my show and having this beautiful opportunity of recording episode in the sunny center of Mexico City. <laughs> I, um, I love how this conversation happened. As I said, it's very inspiring and I feel what you're doing is so important. And I knew that before, but when I spoke to you, I understood even more of the problem of things disappearing and that there's a needs to be of individual people like you who just have so much love for the local craftsmanship, the local knowledge that they want to continue this and to build this further. You know, there's just very few people around the world that want to do it. We're lucky to have people like you who do this in Mexico City. And it's interesting that a lot of times it's women who want to preserve those things because they see how it's important for the future generations to hold on to those local traditions and knowledge. There's beauty in that. And I am curious where this year will take you and who knows, maybe we will meet again in Berlin. <laughs> I, I hope so. All of these traditions and all of these, it's a very beautiful way to nourish your life. 
it's a way of, of living, of seeing the world and understanding also traditions and cosmovision. Thank, Thank you. you. No, thanks to you. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.